Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me is the arbiter of culture himself, Mr. Tristan Benz. Tristan, how you doing, man? This is the first time I've talked to you since we went on break. I mean, you know, new year, uh, same arbiter of culture, you know, just uh, ready to ready to get back to letting the people know what's good, and in some cases, uh, what's not. We're going to get to that. In fact, let's get get to to that right now. So you saw the title. You know the deal. Today, we are talking about Dune 1984, a.k.a. David Lynch's Dune. Here is a synopsis for Dune 1984, courtesy of IMDb. Quote, a duke's son leads desert warriors against a galactic emperor and his father's evil nemesis to free their desert world from the Emperor's rule, end quote. And here are some of the main cast for the film, along with director and writer credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. It was directed by David Lynch. The screenplay was done by David Lynch. This is based on the novels by Frank Herbert. It's multiple novels, right? Yeah, several. Okay. Several in the series. He wrote six of the, the main Dune novels. Well... I think he wrote five, and then, like, the chapter house doing that was, like, the last bit uh, yeah. is, like, part him, part his kid. His son and, like, Kevin J. Anderson, they've done a lot of expansion of the Dune world. There's, like, dozens That's of cool. books now, but there's, like, a core a core six. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like a family business at that point. Well, mm-hmm. it kind of makes it seem like you're taking the creativity and turning it into, like, a stone cold business but there's something kind of well, cool the story wasn't the story wasn't uh finished when frank herbert passed so you know his son ah, wrapped it up that makes a lot of sense but what i was about to say what doesn't make a lot of sense is this cast but i can't really blame this movie on the cast i really can't I can, here's the I main cast for the film the cast. we get <laughs> wait what did you say i said i can partially blame it on the cast i got <laughs> opinions i got some opinions as well we'll get to it the cast goes as follows. We got Kyle McLaughlin as Paul Atreides, Francesca Annis as Lady Jessica, Leonardo Camino as the Baron's Doctor, Brad Dorif as Peter DeFreeze, Jose Ferrer uh, as. Emperor. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Emperor's the name. So just, Emperor. I'm, I'm just going to say the Emperor here. Linda Hunt as. Uh, shout out Mapes Freddie Jones as The Fear Richard Jordan as Duncan Idaho and Virginia Madsen as Princess Arulin Lastly Did not have uh, Duke Leto on the uh, Duke Leto was not on, on the, the main cast. cast I did this prior to watching the movie so I didn't know who was important and who wasn't I was say, because you really put the Baron's Doctor in there, but... Yeah, I know, the uh, Baron's Doctor's barely in the movie. <laughs> Duke, Duke Leto. So, uh, you know what? We're going to fix that right now, Tristan. We're going to fix that right now. I'm going to... Let's fix we're it. We're doing well, it you know what? The Baron, the actor who played the Baron's Doctor, he can be one of our, our special shout-outs uh, for, the, for the episode. I got the... Hold on, I got the Wikipedia pulled up. I'll tell you who... We got Jurgen Prock now as Duke Leto oh, Atreides. That is a name. And you name. know what? He wasn't on the main cast, and he deserves to be. Sir Patrick Stewart is in this movie. He is in this movie. As no. Gurney Halleck. So, he shout out sure to Patrick Stewart movie. in particular there. Even though I think Jurgen did a great job as the father of Trades there. 
Well, I it's funny, you know, jumping ahead. I was my my shout out was Patrick Stewart related, but uh, we, can, nah. we can wait a few seconds well, to get to that part. For each movie and show we cover, we also spotlight a certain group of the crew or a specific crewmate, depending on what we think is a movie or show's best trait. Cast members not included in our main cast section are also eligible to be selected for this part too. For me, just gonna go ahead and ad lib here. I would go Patrick Stewart since he wasn't technically in our main cast section. But for me, if I couldn't go Patrick Stewart, this is a pretty hard movie to choose a somebody for because spoiling my take on Dune nineteen eighty four, you cannot tell. It's bad. This movie, movie is rough. It sucks. And I did not like a lot of it. But I if I like had to pick out something that I thought was interesting enough to qualify as good, then in my dumb opinion, I'm going to go with the costume and makeup team. And again, it's just because simply I thought some of the costume and designs were interesting. But I don't know if that has more to do with just the way the novels interpreted them and how it was adapted, or it genuinely was the crew. But yeah, man. it Tristan, what do you got for this one? This one's tough. The the person I'm giving a shout out to though, not even the entire makeup and cosmetic team. I want to give a shout out specifically to whoever attached that wig to Patrick Stewart's head after her time has passed, <laughs> and he's still you know same bald Patrick Stewart as he has been for you know forty years apparently, but with the little long hair like attached to you know his 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 balding head. Uh, I found that very entertaining. And, uh, yeah, so shout out to whoever, not even like, oh, who designed it? I want specifically to shout out the team that had to attach that, you know, your, your Fair contribution enough. did not go, uh, unappreciated. Unnoticed. Yeah. It did not go unnoticed for sure. It did I not like how unnoticed. also you could have just picked Patrick Stewart, but no, you were like, I gotta go one step. Forward. Nah. All right. I mean, it's Patrick Stewart, you know, he, he did what he could. He did. But full disclosure. Prior to watching this movie, I knew practically nothing about Dune. Or just the Dune IP in general. I, I don't tried like calling it an the... IP. That makes it sound too businessy. <laughs> I know, right? Same thing when I was talking about the uh, the way that, the I guess, the franchises went down. Yeah. From family yeah. Call it the, the Dune lore. It's Dune the lore. Dune, yeah, I like the Dune lore. I think that's pretty good. But I tried watching the 2021 movie years ago, but I ended up turning it off because of some reason that I can't remember. And even then, I didn't really remember much from the movie. Still, I've always seen the overwhelming praise from the recent Dune movie and the hype around the upcoming sequel. So, when I was putting together our upcoming schedule and talking to the team, Tristan here suggested we cover not only the 2021 Dune movie, but also the 1984 David Lynch version. Safe to say, I was actually pretty darn excited here. With all that in mind, though, Tristan, tell us why you picked both of these Dune movies to cover, why you won't be on next week's show when we cover Dune 2021, and please share any fun trivia you may have about Dune 1984. I have no fun trivia about, I mean, actually, no, fun tri- trivia about Dune 1984. This is my fir- third time trying to watch this movie. The other two times, I just turned it off within, like, 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Hey, we're we're shifting into Dune mode. You know, Dune 2 coming out 
March uh, March first. We're coming in hot. All right. I wanted to 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 have a ramp into it. You know, um, I I just recently finished reading Dune Messiah. You know, which allegedly will be the third film in the Dune franchise, and I'm very very excited for that. So it's like, all right, I'm getting getting all duned up. All right, you know, I'm I'm huffing that spice as it were, and I was like, well, let's uh let's take a little journey down memory lane. Let's let's watch 1984's Dune before we lead into the rest of the series, you know, and I'm not going to apologize because, you know, I did what I did and I, I picked the movie I picked, um, but it's, it's a bad movie and you'd say, well, then Tristan, why don't you want to be on next week to talk about a good movie? And that is because I would prefer to wait to rewatch Dune 2021 closer to the movie actually coming out. We're filming, I mean, not filming, we record these like weeks in advance, so yeah. I'm not about to rewatch Dune 2021 now in mid-January before I want to, you know, watch it again on February 29th, you know, because leap year, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm about, you know, that's not what I'm on. And, and I just simply refuse. Uh, so instead, I got the joy of talking about this uh, this dumpster fire of a movie. Uh, it's not good. Frank Herbert apparently liked parts of it. That's a tidbit, I guess. I read that on the Wikipedia. He liked some of the ideas about it, including the the higher-level guildsmen being able to fold uh, portals in space-time, which is not a thing in the book. Uh, so, you know, they, it's, they just use the spice to... Uh, navigate uh, through the stars because there's a whole backstory they don't really get into that much in the movie where you know centuries ago there was a whole war over computers so now computers are outlawed it's like digital shit just is not a thing it's all you know it's where you see a lot of analog stuff so you know they don't have machines that can do calculations through the stars so they have to have people high on this spice you know with their their minds expanded to be able to best calculate how to how to navigate uh Point being, this movie's bad, and I have no more trivia about it, unless I remember something. Um, but Dune 2021 is better, so just let that be my note for, for next week. Love Dune 2021. It's on my, if you, if eagle-eyed listeners will recall that it is uh, on my favorite movies list. And uh, yeah, it's pretty high, so I imagine Dune, uh, Dune Part 2 will be even higher. Because that's all my favorite parts from the book. Yeah, getting into my general, you kind of already went into your general thoughts. My general thoughts, I agree with you. This movie, I know it's a cult classic among some groups. Yeah, you gotta um, be in a cult to like this. <laughs> that's not where I was going, but okay. That's where I'm going. It's where I am. I've already gone there. I've, I've bought real estate. But at the same time, man, this movie's bad. It is really rough from top to bottom. It has so much weird shit. Like, you saying that Frank Herbert enjoyed parts of this movie... Like, that kind of made me feel a little bit better, because I was like, alright, the guy who created this, at least he got some enjoyment out of it. That, may, that makes now, one see, of us in the world. I am curious about what you think some of the weird shit is, because some of it, I'm like, this is weird, but it's in the book, so, you know, whatever. Well, I've already told but you we'll two things off the top of my head that I thought was really weird, and I literally texted you, and I was like, dude, why did you not tell me to get drunk or get on some vitamins for this? And you told me like, oh, I had no idea how weird. I hadn't watched it. Get. I yeah, turned it off. So. To, I tell you what, first time I first time I turned it off, I made it maybe through like his training at the beginning, and I was like, I'm just not liking the vibe of this so far. Then second time I turned it off after the fucking the the Baron sucked that little boy down, you know. And I was like, all right, that's enough of that. I wish you phrased it better, but 
I mean, there's <laughs> no, that's what happens. Like, I know, no, I know. It's just, there's no way you could have probably phrased it better, but I wish you tried. No. Well, this movie doesn't deserve me trying. So, I, I think we both are on the mindset this movie is really bad. And, bad. again, I know it's a cult classic. So, if you enjoy Dune 1984, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this probably ain't going to be the podcast episode you'll enjoy. Yeah, turn but this shit off, because you're going to get real heated. We are going to enjoy kind of making fun of this movie, because we did not really like it. Now, where did you want to start? Let me start by saying I think this is the worst movie we've talked about since Thor Love and Thunder. I like Thor Love and Thunder more than this. Well, yeah, I'd rather watch Thor. I'll go Thor Love and Thunder angers me, but like this is just like, I see why people would be entertained by it. This, I see why you'd be a fan of it, you know, as a diehard Dune fan, and they finally got the movie made, but it, like it's just, I left this movie feeling drained of my energy. Like it just took something out of me that I I haven't gotten back. Honestly, um, it's just not, it's just not good. The color palette is interesting, but way too dark. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and say it. Toto, I'm sorry. Where was, where was the heat? All right. Toto did the music for this. I, I wasn't getting any of that. You know? He wasn't blessing the reins. That's all I know. And they, I tell you what, it sure as hell wasn't. Speaking of which, they got Paul blessing the reins at the end of the movie. He, he can't do that. That's not a thing. The Kwisatz Haderach, isn't an actual god. Like, he's he's prescient, you know, we can see through all of time, but, like, he can't make it rain. He doesn't bring rain to Dune like that. Like, that's not how that works. It, it's Frank Herbert put it when he was talking about the movie, you know, and how that was one part he didn't care for. Like, Paul was a man playing god. He didn't become an actual god, so what the fuck ever to that. But if we're talking about phoning it in, I'm not just talking about Toto. The whole cast. I, that's where I want to start, Taylor. The whole cast. Uh, save for Patrick Stewart, it's like, all right, he's just... We Patrick Stewart's just having fun, you know. You, it's been forty years on. We can tell when Patrick Stewart's just having fun, you know. But everyone else in this movie, I have never seen a movie where the cast was more just hyper aware that they are in a movie, that they are more hyper that they are acting. Every performance feels like ah yes, I am doing this. None of it feels natural. None of it feels like a, a genuine performance. It feels almost like a really bad stage play. I don't know what the hell kind of notes they were given the fucking the Baron Harkonnen because he's just a fucking cartoon character. I don't know what's going on there. Like, he's just a fucking weirdo and a freak and not even in, in the way that he is in the books. Like, he's a weirdo and a freak there, but it's a more subdued, like just a sinister vibe instead of going, <laughs> like, what, what, what? He's nonsensical. He's like a fucking sinister Looney Tune, and I don't fuck with any of it. It's just... Ugh. Ah, ah. It's a bad movie. And the cast is bad. I'm sorry. And there's, and there's good actors in this cast, all right? Kyle MacLachlan? Good actor. You know, Patrick Stewart? Obviously, good actor. You got Sean Young from Blade Runner fame? Like, her body tea, she get money. But she has nothing to do in this. Like, she just shows up... And then the next scene, they're kissing. Like, they fell in love. Oh, the wait. pacing of this is weird. What is her character? Is she the... Chani. Who Zendaya's character is? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So, let's... I'm going to start there, because I thought it was really funny. There's one moment... Like, my biggest issue, I think, with this movie, period, is narratively. Like, I can get past a lot of the weird shit. I can get past some of the really, really bad acting. What got me is 
whenever we get to Paul having to re- retreat from his kingdom, basically, and then he finds the Fremen, mm. we really, it feels like we're going from, okay, this is a nice ending. Kind of like, and we're going to make a lot of comparisons, I think, to Dune 2021. I went to go watch Dune 2021 after this because we're covering it next week. And also just because I had to watch something else. And I was like, let's see, it's got to be a lot better. And boy, it was. Kind of like how the Dune 2021 version, though, ends. Where, you know, it ends narratively where you think it would. Instead of what this movie does. And I know it probably had a lot to do with the studio going like, now we got to like crunch as much as possible into it. Yeah, there was a lot of studio interference and from what I understand. And David Lynch yeah. is also not happy with this final project to the point where he refuses to like acknowledge it or, or talk about it, like or have his name attached to it, which, you know, we know he's a talented director. It. So like no shade to David Lynch, but this was a fucking stinker. And I'm glad he has redeemed himself since. But I say all that to be like, narratively, it feels like the movie should end whenever he finds the Fremen. Well, because it's, it's a big fucking book. It's a big story. Uh, yeah. And instead, we just rush through him becoming the leader of the Fremen. Yeah, pretty much. And I kind of get why, because he has the knowledge of fighting and he's teaching the Fremen about stuff. So naturally, you think he would become the leader. And then we get to him controlling the worms. Him finding Gurney again, and then we get to him raiding... All in a montage, the, by the way. Yeah, all in a montage. Then him raiding the kingdom. In between that, he uh, finds a wife, who... She's in this movie for probably about two minutes. The part that I found the most hilarious is whenever Paul is about to take, like, the... Uh, what was it called? The Water of Life? Mm-hmm. And he's about to take it. It's very dangerous for men to take it. Nobody lives. So he's about to take it. His wife comes up to him and she's like, you are my everything. And I'm watching this by myself. Would have been nice to see some of that. Who the fuck are you? I don't know who you are, lady. (laughs) Neither does the rest of the audience. Unless you read the book. So 2021 version and Dune 2. Yeah, you're working with a lot more. That's all I'm saying. And it's, you know, it's, it's a shame, because Sean Young, great actor. And, you know, she gets a bit shafted in the Blade Runner franchise as well. There's arguments to be made of, you know, them not treating her character super well in that. But she at least had, she was at least able to give a performance, you know? Like, she, she, could, well, you haven't seen Blade Runner, have you? Hmm. Uh, I assume you just said no, I didn't hear anything. But she was at least able to to have, you know, more than three sentences in that movie. This, she, she almost just feels like a prop. Like, she just comes in and is like, I am Chani. And then montage, them kissing. It's like, Paul found a wife. And, which, also, Virginia Madsen, she's barely in this fucking movie. Like, weird. She's at the beginning. She does a little intro narration. And then she shows up five seconds at the end. I don't even know if she has a line then. And throughout the movie, she occasionally narrates. She narrate but she's the just beginning? there. I t- great question. Great question. Because Princess, like, I know Irulan, why from a superficial point of view. Yeah, to yeah. explain a lot of the exposition that they're clearly not going to waste time on with this movie, setting up any type of lore or dynamics or any sort of character relationships at all, aside from. Those two dukes don't like each other. That's about it. That's about the exposition you get. It's like in the Emperor wants to pit them against one another. Cool. Great. Love that. 
sure. And this isn't us going also talking about... And the thing is, I seriously don't know Paul Weiss' character. I don't remember her name. Her name's Shawnee. Like, Shawnee. Okay, thank you. I, so, Shawnee. I remember her name because I like the fucking character. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. <laughs> I saw the castlet. Let me tell you something. I saw the castlet. So I was like, holy shit. Like at the beginning, they ever because he has the dreams about her. You know, Paul be dreaming about Shawnee. And I see her in the dream. I was like, that fucking Sean Young? Is Sean Young in here? And then she shows up in person. I'm like, Oh shit, it's Sean Young. I Googled it. Yeah, hell yeah, Sean Young. Great. Like, I like Sean Young. Let's go. And she doesn't fucking do anything. So, when I'm saying all this stuff about Shawnee, I feel like if you haven't seen this movie, you might be listening to us. You like, know as much about Shawnee oh, as we do. Yeah. For one, yeah. That, that is an accurate <laughs> statement. But two, you might be thinking, like, oh, are they exaggerating here? Are they trying to pull that, like, Oh, so they just didn't make the female character the main character? Is that why you're... No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Here's the thing. For real, you watch this movie and you're going to go, she has nothing to do in this movie to the point to where it is actually a little awkward. <laughs> it's awkward. It's very awkward. Because then you have these moments like at the end where they're supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Like even their kiss in the montage felt awkward. But then you have the moment at the end where it's supposed to be like, oh, yes, this is like my woman. Like when we're together. But it's like, are you? Because I don't know if I've seen you say more than two words to each other. I don't know that I've seen her for more than 45 seven seconds of screen time total. It's weird. I feel like I knew more about Manito's family in uh, X-Men Apocalypse. In X-Men 1? I did Oh, X-Men Shawnee. Apocalypse, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you 100 did. You know why? Because they actually had, like, two sentences. Instead of half of one. Instead of a sentence fragment. Also, yeah, don't man. even get me started on Duncan Idaho in this movie. I'm glad you brought up Duncan. I'd like to bring up Duncan Idaho. I do remember Jason Momoa from when I started watching the 2021 version. I was like, man, he comes across on screen like a presence. Not this version of Duncan, I'll tell you that. And something else I kind of really, really hated about this version compared to 2021. In the 2021 version between... Timothy Chalamet and Jason Momoa, they reacted to each other as if they were actual friends. Yeah, as if they have an actual like relationship or or dynamic yeah, that who hadn't know, seen each other in a long about. time. They spoke to each other like they were friends talking shit, like you know friends do. Duncan and Paul in this movie react like robots who were told like a Chat GPT version. If you were to be like. How would you react if you hadn't seen your friend in a long time? ChatGPT would Hello, in Duncan. the same way. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a long time, old friend. Yeah, that, that was, we just gave more emotion than the movie did. This movie sucks. So yeah, Duncan <laughs> Idaho, not very good in this movie. Also, he gets taken out horribly in this movie. Yeah, he does. And it's like, that's not how Duncan goes out. I'm like, he does go out, like, in a hallway, but like, come on, man, like, it's cooler than that. Instead of just leaping head first into a pile of guys and getting shot in the head. Like, what? No, he needs to go out like a G. And I know there's limitations between like what you or you can do with VFX in the 80s, of course. And then what you yeah, see I'm in not the even, 2021 I, I thought the where, design of the shield was interesting. Yeah. But I'm not trying to like crap on the 84 version for being like, man, what the 2021 version did with, like, Jason Momoa being shot at or, like, about to be stabbed 
one of the two. I'm going to need to see the movie again before we record next week's episode. But uh, it was like it was starting to pass through his shield and he had to like move quick enough to evade it. So the shield still felt like it did something, you know? Mm. And that was really yeah. freaking cool. And there's nothing the 84 version could have done there. But whenever I see like Duncan just get shot and killed like that, it was just so depressing. I was just like, man, that was yeah. the lamest way you could have went. And then I was wrong because the lamest way you could have went out is like the Duke went out. Duke Leto. That was the dumbest character death I've possibly ever seen. Which, and again, that's how he dies in the book. It's better in the book. It's better in the 2021 movie. And I think it would. I think it would have been a lot better if the if you didn't have the fucking Baron being a weird cartoon character the whole time. Like yeah. he takes away from any sort of seriousness or gravitas or weight in any scene because he's just going. Where's the ring? I want the ring. Like, are you? Is this fucking Lord of the Rings? Like, calm the fuck down, bro. And this is spoilers for the 2021 movie, but with Oscar Isaac's uh, iteration of the character. It's essentially the same thing that happens. But man, yeah. it feels like he has agency in being like, you know what? I'm going to die. I'm taking this motherfucker out with me. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work. The Baron survives. That said, he gets cool. close enough to where you think he might have pulled it off. And I don't feel like yeah. he went out like a bitch. In this yeah, no, version. This guy went out like a punk bitch. Yeah, it's like he barely remembered to chomp down on the tooth. And then like, he just about the sprays it at the wrong guy. And like you said, Spraying the overacting cartoonishness of the Baron made it seem like a bad, like when I say a bad SNL skit, I mean like the worst of the worst yeah. SNL skits that there's ever been. This, it really comes across like that. It does, and it's so weird, and I think exactly why you're you're calling it out is because you know, I just complained about how everyone in this movie, it's so clear that they're like acting because it's all very stilted and none of this sounds natural. And they have for the most part, no emotion. The only person who has any emotion is this Baron and he's on fucking 1 million. Like he's not leaving any room for any sort of emotion or emoting at all for anyone else, except for, you know, the, the, Mom, Lady Jessica, what's the, the actor's name? Uh, the Baron's huffing uh, a different kind of Francesca smoke. Annis. That's she cries a couple times. She gets to do that. You know? But otherwise, you just got the fucking Baron going, ah! Every five minutes. You're like, alright, why are you the... Oh, oh, you know what? Hold hold the freaking phone. I just realized, looking at this cast, you know who you didn't freaking mention? Who? Sting. Sting's in this. Yeah. That's Fade Ratha. Just being a freaking... You know? I'll, I'll get... I'll give Sting this, alright? He's actually Sting not the, bad. The musician, by the way. There's two different famous Stings. He's actually not bad. It, as this character. This character's a fucking weirdo. You'll see in, in Dune Part 2. Like, he is a psychopath. So it's like, alright, Sting, you you understood the assignment. That's fine. But it's just like, oh, there's Sting. You know? And you can't tell. It's like, is he being Fade Rotha? Is he being Sting? I'm unclear, but he's in great shape in this. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think he was the worst part of this movie. I thought he was actually one of the better parts of the movie. I would agree, yeah. Now, another thing I did to say some good things here, because there were some interesting concepts. The idea that we get to hear the inner monologue of characters, I I thought was interesting. 
Now, where I think it falls apart is we got to hear the inner monologue of nearly every character. And that's where yes. I thought it just really it. all crumbled. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It's It got to a point where it almost felt... I don't want to say lazy, because obviously I'm not a filmmaker, so you know there's only so much shit that I'm willing to talk. But it comes to a point where it's like, show, don't tell. Like, they were just telling us how these characters feel. The characters were telling us how they feel, instead of, like, you know, actually seeing any sort of real conflict or anything. Because even in their heads, they're just very stilted, you know? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, if they I kept am afraid the of what this duke could do. Yeah, if it just been Paul, If they Paul, just kept it to great. Paul, I think it would have been actually great. Because having yeah, that got this like relationship with being, him, cool. Yeah, the audience has a better relationship with him because it feels more intimate, if that makes sense. Because we get to actually hear what he's thinking. And because Paul is seen in both versions, I assume in the novels as well, yeah, he is this uh, prophet, essentially. He's the messiah of these people. But he comes across at the beginning of the movie like a kid who is extremely smart and well-trained, but still a kid. A kid? Really? <laughs> a little bit. 40-year-old man, maybe. Version. In this version, oh, in the 2021, he yeah. a little bit older. He does seem just a no, little yeah. bit older in this one, but I still would qualify as like, okay, they're in their, he's in his young adult stage, and having those inner monologues where like, oh, here's what he was thinking in this moment, why he caught the stinger and stuff like that. Like that that's kinda cool. But then whenever we get to hearing everybody's inner monologue and hearing what everybody mm. thinks, it's like exactly what you said. At some point in the movie you're just like, show me, quit telling me. Instead of what could have been a a genuinely innovative concept. Yeah. Like I would like some sort of subtlety. I would like to actually get something from the actor's performance instead of just having you tell me what their performance is supposed to convey. What I also, you talked about the intro to where they were giving you all the exposition. Mm. What it reminds me of, or what I would compare it to would be like if star Wars just started out and I know they had the crawl coming down, but it would be like if princess Leia or somebody gave you like a five minute monologue of explaining everything about the, it's like no, just give me the with crawl. the princess's screen enough. time in this. It'd be more like if Mon Mothma came up and did that, where you're like, "Oh, this is this yeah. person we'll see for five minutes later in the movie." Yeah, that's what it kind of feels like, and giving me far more information than I honestly need. That you can't just tell me during the movie in some kind of scene. Now, again, I know Star Wars has the crawl, and you get the exposition that way, but it's to me, I think it's done better there. And not only that, they're not giving you like 10 minutes, it feels like, of exposition and throwing everything at you. They're just setting up the first scene that we have. Exactly. That's and that's the difference. The Star Wars crawl sets up where you're jumping into this scene that's right about to happen. You don't have to worry about remembering, you know, a, a textbook worth of information. I say this as someone who is a fan of the Dune book. Like, it is a lot of information. There is a lot of lore and world building you have to get through to make Dune successful, which is a big part of why, you know, the Dune 2021 only covers the first half of the first Dune book because there's just a lot to, to work with. But that being said, 
the way they present this in in the beginning, it's it's ridiculous. Especially because then later, during Paul's little right before his little training scene, you see him researching this stuff himself. We could have had just a little bit more detail in the researching scene where he's looking at things, and then we don't have to worry about you know every, every freaking soliloquy that the princess gives us before the scene with the emperor because she says the oh this is everything we need to know about the planets this is all about the spice and also the emperor doesn't like the duke and he's gonna get the baron to fuck him over and the next scene is hi i'm the emperor and i'm getting the baron to fuck over the duke it's like okay so you're we could have just started with this scene and then gone into paul researching things like we see like we don't need an extra seven minutes at the beginning overwhelming the audience with information that largely doesn't become relevant until later in the movie when it could have been introduced by character performances instead of just uh, uh, yet another example of, of telling instead of showing. Yeah. And another thing that I really didn't care for it around the beginning was they were teasing that there's a mole within mm. the Atreides family. Ends up being Dr. Yue. Mm-hmm. The way it's done in this version is really, really bad. Because it makes Yue come across as the biggest dumbass in the movie. Which is hard, considering he basically kills Duke Leto. And Duke Leto goes out like what you think is the biggest dumbass. But Yue does all this. Even dumber. So... Yeah, so he can take revenge on the guy who killed his wife. And then the Baron goes like, no, you will be with her again. And Yue goes, oh, she's still alive? And then the Baron just kills him. And he's like, hey, yeah, I was right. Like, You're oh, with her again. Because she's dead. Yeah. And in the 2021 version, I was wondering how they were going to do it, or if they were going to switch it up and maybe change what I assume in the novel it is still Yue. Like, are, are they going to mm-hmm. change anything from that? What I really liked about that version, and I'm going to probably talk about this next week, but it was more about, I know she's still alive, and I'm doing this to get her back. And just to turn out the tragedy of it is the Baron already killed her. So, and yeah. then kills Yue. Like, there's something a little bit better and makes the Doctor look smarter there, because he's doing what he's doing for a living person or what he believes to be a living person, and instead in this version it's like, oh, she's dead, I'm getting revenge. And then at the very last second, at the 11th hour, he gets told something vaguely that maybe she's alive, and he drops his entire guard just to get killed. Like It made him look really dumb. Especially for a character who's supposed to be so smart and calculating that he was able to manipulate, you know, the Duke like this. He was was able... You know how freaking cool, calm, and collected you gotta be to be able to freaking fool a Benny Gesserit like Lady Jessica? You know? And yet, yeah. this fucking dork is just like, Oh, well, clearly my wife's still alive. Here you go, Baron. Oh, no, uh, now I'm dead. Get the fuck out of here. It, Bad but form. also, here's another thing, since I was on the subject to talk about Duke Leto uh, a few moments ago. One thing I really did like from this movie was the scene where they're going in the helicopter and just surveying the land and being told about what this land is. And the sandworms coming to destroy a facility. 
and Duke Leto actually helps the people escape. And it's that moment where it's like, we can't abandon the spice. And he's like, damn the spice, get in the chopper. Yeah, but we can't give the movie credit for that. That's a book thing. That's So it's a book thing, but at the same time, I do like that scene. Because it does show you something. It shows you, instead of telling you the Duke's a good guy, True. it that shows a, me that what? the Duke's a good you guy. You got me there. You got me there. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, shit. You know what? I'm, I'm going to talk about, we, we talked about how uh, uh, um, Chani just doesn't really get anything to do. And, you know, you say how in in that whole sequence, it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense he would become the leader. Because uh, he's, you know, the, the, the best fighter and, and all that stuff. We don't really Eventually get any of that. it makes sense. Eventually it makes sense. Leader. But but within five minutes, you get real no no real context for the Fremen. Stilgar doesn't get anything to do. You know, he just immediately is... It's, and, you know, you watch the 2021, he still turns around relatively quick, but it feels more natural and organic because they're actually giving a performance instead of him being like, all right, we're going to kill you. Then Lady Jessica pulls a knife. He's like, all right, well, guess what? You're in. Like, that's it. There's no... <laughs> it's so quick. He it's from, so We're going to kill you to, would you like to be the leader of our people? It's like, you guys, hey, you're the new royal family now. It's like, what the... What? 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 Come on. And I'd say this is someone who likes Stilgar. I think Stilgar, great character. Cool guy. Shout out to Javier Bardem playing him in Dune 2021. Yeah, Not a shout out to whoever this individual is. Uh, I don't. I refuse to scroll back up and look at his name because he just doesn't get anything to do. You know, I'm giving him about as much as they gave him to do in this movie right now. Uh, it's just none of the characters feel developed enough. Even Paul, who is the main character, to me, he doesn't feel developed enough because... It's rushed as hell. It's rushed as hell, and especially after the montage, it feels like he's just along for the ride, but not in the same way as the audience. Like, it feels like he becomes just a plot device, you know? We don't really get as much interiority aside from, like, I have to take the water of life. And then that's it. Now it's like, all right, now I'm just this all-knowing, all-seeing whatever, and it's like, I'm, I'm now what's moving the plot forward just by existing on this scene. It's like, okay, well, can we, how do you feel about this, Paul? Like, how are you feeling potentially being overwhelmed by this newfound prescience, this newfound, I mean, I guess, godhood in this iteration? Like, what, what's going on with you, you know? Are you going to grapple with any of this at all? No, just, and, and you don't really get any real explanation as to not just how he's feeling after he takes the water of life, but just what he does now. Like, why, why did the water, what's, what's in that sauce, you know? Why is he just that guy now? You don't know. And then the end, he makes it rain. You're like, that's not how that works. That's how, and it's like, you know, Harrison Ford, uh, Han Solo talking about the Force. Like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> well, to make another Star Wars comparison, how Paul's arc is in this movie, if you want to even call it an arc, or his journey, better yet, would be the equivalent to me of Luke in A New Hope going and doing what he's doing in the new hope. And then by the end of the movie, he kills both Vader and the Emperor in the same movie. Yes. And then and, takes and that first control movie. of the galaxy. Like it's just, it's so And then quick. also kind of becomes the emperor. Yeah. And it will be, it's just, it's so quick that Paul, you said a plot device, but to me, it's all these, and I'm not trying to like say that there aren't some cases of that today, but whenever people oh, go no, like, oh, this character's OP, this character knows everything, that's Paul Atreides in this movie. 
It's really freaking annoying. Yes. Like, this is the movie to show people and be like, don't do this with any of your characters. I don't care who your character is. Don't do this with them. Because it is really annoying. There's nothing for the audience to latch yeah. on to because they know everything. They are good at fighting. They know every weapon. Like, there's no fault to them. There's no journey to take them on. Like, even when he is well, at and- his lowest. And I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Tristan. It seemed like you were... Oh, no, no, no. Awesome. Go ahead, go ahead. But even when he was at his lowest and he's with his mom and they're out in the desert, it comes across as like at first he's kind of lost. And then he looks up at the moon and then it just all clicks for him. And it becomes this, to me, this omniscient god. Yeah, after that he's just locked in. I can't speak right now. It just, he becomes all-knowing and he can do no wrong. And to me, as a character... Especially a main character who's going through this, basically this Lion King journey, it feels like. It's so unsatisfying <laughs> as a story. Well, and that's and that's the thing. When he does become the Kwisatz Hatterach, like, he is supposed to be all-knowing. And not necessarily all-powerful to the point that, you know, he's a god who can make it rain. But, like, he has a very different and elevated perception of time and the world around him. And that's interesting because now he's essentially being, you know, deified. And it's like, okay, what does this mean for me as a person? Like how to, and a lot of that is followed up on in the Dune uh, sequels and not, you know, just right when it happens to him at this moment, but there is more of a, okay, how do I reckon with not necessarily, Oh, being a God, but how do I reckon with my newfound, perception of everything you know like even so much as being like hmm, this is different than how it was but now i i know everything there's still a conflict there with the world around him because like okay you are now different from everything and yes we're going to deify you but there's maybe a price to pay with that clearly you know this is only the the covering the first book so you can't get into all of that but the way they portray him becoming this this OP character is way more OP than he is in the book. Way too OP for you to actually have some type of real connection or depth with him as anything more than just a figure in this movie as opposed to an actual character. And it's just weird. It's like, this is not... Yeah. No. We barely cared about him when we first saw him, but now he essentially just has become a robot. And... He's not supposed to be, like, you know, breathing fire, like, cracking stones with his words. Like, that's just not, no. Like, that's not how that works. Not only that, I think a a lot of people would say, like, oh, so he's like Superman. No, the thing is, is in a lot of good Superman stories, Superman has adversity of some sort. In this, I guess you could say the world has some adversity, but Paul doesn't. Like, there's nothing that goes wrong for Paul after the fall of his empire. After he's locked empire. in. Yeah, as soon as he finds the Fremen, everything goes right for him. There's no adversity whatsoever. It's just smooth sailing to him defeating the Emperor and the Baron. And it's just, it's like I said earlier, it's unsatisfying to watch. You know what, actually, you know what I think, What a, going back to Star Wars, I think the real comparison that you can make, Ray. A lot of what the haters and you know a lot of dude bros like to complain about with right this is that's that's what happens as soon as Paul hits that fucking montage it's like all right well we're locked in now he's he cannot be contained 
this is worse than Ray, but I think yes. Ray does have an issue with knowing and being great at a lot without that. It's way worse than Ray. That's what I think. This is seriously some of the lowest of the low in terms of a character being OP and just being there. annoying to see on screen. But I, I like that comparison though. Because I do think some people overdo it when it comes to the criticism of Ray Skywalker. Just wanted to throw that last part in, there, which is really dumb. Yeah. But besides the point, yeah, it's uh, even though know, I agree with those complaints, fine. I do think there's a little bit of an opness there. It's nowhere near as bad. That's my whole point. Well, and side on that. I don't disagree that there is no penis there, but there's also no penis with Luke and Anakin. So I was just like, all right, fucking that's just star Wars. Yeah. You know, if you're the, if you're the main character, if you're holding that fucking lightsaber, you're, you're, <laughs> oh, you're the chosen one. Great. Cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the next big thing star Wars does, it's just gonna be the same thing. And maybe the next big thing star Wars does their main character is a fucking loser who just can't get shit right. <laughs> that's what I want to see. But getting back to Dune 1984, unfortunately, um, there's some weird <laughs> we stuff that happens, Star Wars. man. I would love to just talk about Star Wars. Even, like, uh, you and I disagree about it a lot, I think. Yeah, we disagree on yeah. a lot, but it's... I still think Disagreeing and having an interesting conversation. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it's better than agreeing this sucks. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff, though, about Dune 1984. Uh, at some point, I think this is what, this is what I interpreted. There's at one point they're going mm. to Arrakis and they're going through space time and a worm seems to poop out a wormhole to yeah, that, create a portal for yeah. them to go through. And I feel bad for saying yeah, that that's... into a microphone and saying that to other humans. I'm sorry. Um, well, and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about where that's not a thing in the book. The guild people like that is, it's. It's not a worm guy. It's one of the the leaders of the not one leaders, but one of the guild, the uh, space guild navigators. Uh, they're mutated because they're just evolved to just suck down that spice constantly, and it changes their bodies with their mind because their bodies kind of atrophy, and that's why I have to float around in those tanks. But like I said in the book, it was just like, oh, they're just essentially hyper advanced human computers that are better navigators. Like the whole somehow sucking down this spice makes you be able to shit out a space portal. You can fold space. I'm like, that's not what like that's it's weird. It's a very freaky visual and not in a, in a, in a, I, the, the portrayal of this, the physicality of the guild members is relatively accurate, but man, is it gross to look at with, with these 1980s prosthetics and, and animatronics. It's just, it's unsettling. Anytime you, they do the, too many close-ups on the mouth. I'm like, this is. Please get this off my screen. Like, this is. I, I'm not enjoying my time here. There's also another very weird aspect here, to where mm. Lady Jessica has a daughter. She was pregnant when they were exiled from the kingdom. Yes. So, this daughter, Aaliyah, grows quicker yes. because of. I forgot why they explained it. Because of the powers that she, Lady Jessica has, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the water life. the uh, her exposure to the the spice and yeah. you know all the the water life stuff. You know, it's yeah, that's all cool. Whatever, that's fine. I don't have an issue with yes. that. That's, what I had an issue with is the daughter Aaliyah 
is just as annoyingly OP as Paul. And she's like four years old. Which, I mean, that is, well, I think she's more like two. That is a thing in the books. Like that, I I can't talk too much shit about how they did Alia in this. Hold on, on. I got one last thing and then I'm going to let you go off. Okay. And then at the very end, where she interrupts the Baron, and I think the Emperor's there too. And she talks in this Bene Gesserit voice mm-hmm. that is so fucking weird and honestly a little yeah, creepy no, that I haven't yeah. really been able to forget it. Like, that's the main thing I remember from this movie, and I don't think I'll ever forget it because it will be in my nightmares. They'll haunt you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything you said is true. Everything you said also in the books. I'm like, ah, well, they got they got that part right. You know, that's just, that's her vibe. <laughs> <laughs> now she gets more to do, you know, in the later books when she's like, you know, grown and has a personality. But yeah, that's she kills uh, the bear in like a psychopath, by the way. Yeah, 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 she does. Pops yeah. him, or pretty much he goes out like a balloon. Pops him like a balloon. Which fits yeah. with the character. <laughs> I'll say that she it does. fits like the Looney Tune vibe. So I'm actually not even mad at that. I'm surprised it wasn't like more of the Looney Tunes thing where someone gets popped like a balloon and they're like spinning around in circles, like flying around with the the air puffing out and doing like a slide whistle noise. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That? that would have been awesome. <laughs> Just committed fully to it. But uh, yeah, they the, should have. That would have made this better. Got me, yeah, it would have made it better. The part that also got me about like that part, that scene is the Emperor calls the Baron to Arrakis. And mm. the, uh... Who is... Is it the cousin of the Baron? He Which, asked uh, to take over? Oh, it's his, uh... It's his nephew. Um, his the nephew? Beast Raban. The The big guy? The big one? Yeah, of the Raban. Two? Like, who uh, was yeah. played by Batista yeah. in the 2021 version. So... Yes. Raban kind of comes across during those montages. Like, okay, so he's gonna kill Raban. And then in the sequel that will never happen because I already knew this was a one and done going in, mm. they would have went after the emperor and the Baron. Okay, cool. Mm. Instead it's just, Oh yeah. Raban, here's his head. Fuck that. Like, okay. You killed him off off screen, just beheaded him. That's kind of really lame. Yeah. Did you know he and, and Patrick Stewart's character have like a, 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 a real beef going? Would have been cool to have that acknowledged or, Really, any sort of character dynamic uh, explored. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It would have been really cool to see Patrick Stewart, you know, do something. I, I'm glad he survived. Yeah, same. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, Patrick Stewart. As soon as I see Patrick Stewart uh, as the the character, I'm like, oh, well, I know what happens with him. Great. Good to see Patrick in this uh, in this role. It's like when I saw the 2021 version, I was like, oh, man, Josh Brolin. Awesome. Glad yeah, to see you like, again. Oh, and then I saw Jason Momoa. I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, oh no. no rats rats yeah. you know <laughs> oh, oh darn duncan is not, hey again at least duncan went out a lot better he went out like <laughs> a g before one you know he went out real fucking cool not like so in, yeah uh, not like in this i feel like we're kind of waning down because we talked about a lot of it including how rushed the ending is so let's rush our ending <laughs> yeah let's rush our ending but just talking yeah. about the rain and rockets and getting out of here. Yeah, that came out of like, it didn't come rain. out of nowhere because they kind of teased that earlier in the movie. 
But it comes across as yet again showing how Paul that has no adversity whatsoever and just does everything. Like when he's fighting against Fade, I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely nothing. Like less than nothing. I and just... Sting's giving it his all. I'll give him that. Sting yeah. is is doing his damnedest. But it just did not work. And again, when it starts to rain, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, might as well. But yeah, man, you kind of talked about you didn't care for Paul bringing rain to a ruckus. You want to elaborate a little bit further? He can't do that. (laughs) Like that doesn't. Yeah, it's. As Frank Herbert said, like he's a man playing at God. He's not a literal God and having him be like, yeah, guess what? Bitch, it rains now. You're like, what? That, that undercuts a large portion of just what makes his situation and his character interesting. Uh, and it also just has no real explanation or, or, you know, no real setup. Like, yeah. Oh, they tease at the beginning, but it's supposed to be more about like, Oh, maybe he'll bring it through science or something. Maybe he'll figure out some like, no, it's just like, all right, it rain. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. That, Sure. Thanks. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck that is this is bad. Again, I I I am not gonna apologize for making us watch this because otherwise I would have spent the rest of my life not knowing how bad this is. Um, and I'm not gonna apologize to any fans of the movie out there because look, like what you like. I'm not gonna say you're wrong to like it. You know, it's it's not my purview. Nah, it's not the vibe we try to do. Even with this, it's not the vibe we try and go. I for. felt like we had an episode where. Yeah, we didn't like the movie. We made fun of it. But it felt like it was never like in a tone that was, oh, fuck this movie. This is the worst thing to ever exist. Nah, no, no. Like, that's not the vibe we try to bring. I will say this, though. And you're going to be surprised to hear this. Uh-huh. Hit me. I think, uh, you said Love and Thunder is better than this. I think Morbius yeah. is better than this. I wouldn't know. I refuse to watch that movie. You know but why? Because that movie at least has a beginning, middle, and end. There's not a whole lot that makes sense during it, but man, at least go. I get what the story is. And I'm going to take a guess, Taylor. I'm going to take a guess. Are there characters, even if they're giving bad performances, are there characters that don't just all seem like they are specifically just acting? Like, does anyone actually try to... Matt Smith, buddy. Matt Smith puts out a performance of a lifetime. Well, then there you go. He's got one up on pretty much everyone in this movie. I doubt he'll ever admit it. But I, it is very clear to me that he knew how bad this movie was when he was acting. When he signed on to the project. And Matt Smith brings his A-game, his hamminess to Morbius in a way that, honestly, I genuinely respect. It's just one of those things that you're at least entertained by him. I've seen the clip of him dancing. You know, yeah, he knew exactly what it was, and I respect. So I'll say Morbius better than this. This, and I'll this, also you know. say the room is better than this. Hmm. At least I will get more enjoyment from watching the room. Yeah, I don't know that I can say the room is better, but I can say that I would rather watch the room than this. That's a way better way better to put it. Not, I, I agree. There, yeah. this is a better movie. Period. Like production, yeah. acting, writing across the board. Well, I don't know about the acting. I'm going to be honest there. Uh, there's something. <laughs> it there. might be uh, equal footing. Yeah, there are room-level performances in this, I'm sorry to say. 
But there are some, if you're talking about like in terms of just enjoyment, I think I'd rather watch The Room than do 1984. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie yeah. is seriously, like, I would be surprised. This is the beginning of the year. I would be surprised if we watched a movie that is worse than this this year. I'll be dismayed. If you want to recommend, anybody listening, if you guys want to recommend a movie that you think is worse than what we perceived Dune 1984 to be, please let us know, and we will put it to the test. This is, I think this is going to be our new bar for like how bad a movie is. Like The floor is, is subterranean. Taika Waititi um, and Thor 4 right now are going, phew. Yeah, right. they're they're breathing a sigh of relief because uh, tell you what, David Lynch's Dune just came in hot, uh, and man, is it just a fucking stinker and a half? Movie <laughs> so fucking bad. The room you can drink and watch, and you're like, ah, this is fun. You watch this drinking, you end up depressed and you have bad dreams. <laughs> that we can't. You know what? That's that's the final thing. We're not. We that's our final thought. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, that's the. I'm signing part. off on it. That's what it is. Tristan, I, you know what? No favorite or least favorite moments either. That, that's all of it's my the least perfect way to end it. No, Tristan, what are you working on? Where can people find you? Well, as always, you can find me on the socials. That's Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Back Issue Bins. Uh, when I'm not on this podcast, I'm also on the Long Box Hunters. The Drew. Garrison and I's comic book podcast. We should be having some more episodes coming out soon. We should be back to recording uh, new ones. Uh, maybe even later this month. I don't know. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, there should be an episode out, I think, the week before this episode goes out. Well, there we go. Y'all y'all better go listen to that. Uh, and if I'm not doing podcasts for the Nerd Stash, then you can find a lot of my writing over at Screen Rant. Please go read my articles. They are included in my link tree, and I get paid uh, depending on how the views go. And I need money. So please, God, help a, help a brother out. As for me, you could find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Also, consider leaving us a rating. It would be tremendous if it was a positive rating, especially after this movie. Like, we need some positive vibes. All right. Um, Be sure to check out thenerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. Yeah, we got lists, reviews, guides, you name it, you can find it over at thenerdstash.com. And I think that just about does it for today's episode. The next episode will be on Dune 2021. And after that, I don't really remember what we got in store. I think we got like Bat to the Future, Avatar The Last Airbender Season 1. There's a few things we got on the docket. We're trying to New Year's Resolution. Here, we're going to get all the stuff that we've wanted to do done this year. That's the plan. Does that I mean think. we're finally going to talk about Blade Runner? Hey, you throw it out I've there. I've been pushing that since I'll 2022. We might do it. Who knows? That could be what's coming out in like March or February. I don't know. Uh, be sure if you have any recommendations for us. Also, throw them our way on Discord. But that about does it for this episode. I want to thank Tristan for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in, and we will see you next week. Brain!